All right, everyone, we got another segment re-recorded after the original recording of the rest of this episode. We're putting in here as some current news. We recorded the part you're going to hear, I believe it was, on last Friday. Today's Monday the 11th now, January 11th, and we have quite a bit of Devil's News we want to get to and just kind of talk about here before we record the next episode and right before the season starts here on this upcoming Thursday. Wow, Chris, this upcoming Thursday, we got hockey back. Devil's hockey. This is exhilarating. First time since March 10th. Imagine (laughs) that. Anyway, so first thing we want to talk about here, I'm sure everyone's well aware now, Corey Crawford officially retired. As we talked about in the previous episode, he was taking a few personal. They started out as maintenance days, and then they turned into personal days and unfortunately retired unsure the full extent of why or what really happened there nonetheless Corey Crawford had a terrific career and we're both me and Chris are both wishing him the best in his retired life absolutely so the only thing about this is from the devil's perspective kind of I'm sure they're bummed out a little bit about it just because and Chris will agree here their number one priority in free agency was to sign a backup goal to, uh, backup goaltender. Mm-hmm. So now with Crawford gone, it doesn't leave the Devils with much of an option. It also doesn't leave them with much time. Like I said, the retirement occurred on <clears throat> excuse me, the retirement occurred on Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, so yeah, somewhere around there. And the season starts on Thursday for the Devils. So. What do they have as options to serve as their backup now, you may ask or may think? It seems like the start of the season is going to be Scott Wedgwood. I don't necessarily think that's the correct move. Scott Wedgwood has never really been an NHL tier goalie. And the past couple of years, he's struggled mightily in the AHL. Just throw some stats at you. Um, AHL-wise, last year, he recorded an 893 save percentage, which is not good. Um, or I'm sorry, 893, yes, that's correct, sorry. 893 save percentage of the Syracuse Crunch, which isn't great. His record was pretty good, though. I mean, you got to be careful what you think of records. So 13-8-3, mm-hmm. I mean, a record's a record. More looking at that save percentage, which isn't too pretty. Now, the year before, he had a 908 save percentage in the NHL, which is a pretty good number. So, I mean... Still, that's not really numbers you're going to see out of a guy playing the NHL. I know there are NHL numbers, but still, just for bookkeeping, if you want to say, back in 2017-18 was the last time he was in the NHL, and he played 20 games with the Coyotes, and he also recorded a very below average 8.93 save percentage. So, Chris, I don't know about you, but I don't think Scott Wedgwood's move. Yeah, I think, I mean, the reason they're doing it is because he probably has the most experience, I think, out of everyone who's there. The in-house, yes. That's yeah, good. he has the most NHL experience. So, you know, who knows if they're going to sign another person or not. But I'm sure they're just more so not rushing the development of the other guys, too. So, Yeah, 100%. Their other in-house options would be Gilly Sen, who struggled pretty mightily in the beginning of Binghamton season last year. Now, he did turn around really well, and he was one of the reasons why the Devils played so good down the stretch in the AHL. He ended with like a 901 state percentage, I believe, in the AHL. He's not ready yet to play at the NHL level. He needs more seasoning down the AHL. The other option would be Evan Cormier, whose ceiling as a netminder professionally is probably an AHL backup, so he wouldn't be an option either. So, like Chris said, the best option, in-house option, is Scott Wedgwood. 
there's other ways to get addressed this. I mean, the season's coming in pretty close. If you just want to talk quickly, we could talk quickly about some options here. Free agency is always an option, but probably the driest option, if you want to say. Some names in the market. Get ready for these names, Chris. We got Michael Common, Garrett mm. Sparks, mm. Craig Anderson, and Jimmy Howard. Mm. Out of those four, Jimmy Howard's really the only guy that I can see possibly the Devils pursuing. Howard had just a horrific year last year. I think it was funny. What was it, a couple episodes we talked about Jimmy Howard's 2-23 and record? Yep. Uh, yeah, so he went 2-23-2 and last year, 8-8-2 save percentage, which is just absolutely horrific. The record and the save percentage. But keep in mind, the Detroit Red Wings were one of the worst teams like ever last year. It, it was really ugly. He's only a year removed from a 910 or 909 save percentage, two years removed from a 910 and three years removed from a 927. Jimmy Howard has a long track record of success. So signing him to a cheap one-year veteran type deal, I think that would be a solid move to back up Blackwood. So mm-hmm. Out of the free agent options, I think he poses the best. Craig Anderson's another guy, but Anderson's been in a rapid decline now for the past three years, and I, I believe he's 40 years old, 39. So the other options to address backup goaltending is trade options. Uh, at this point in the season, well, we didn't even begin the season. It's kind of hard to think of who may be available. Only three names jump to my mind. Uh, James Reimer, Aaron Dell, and Anthony Ranta. Yeah. Carolina has a backup by the name of Alex Nadejkovic. Kovic, I think his name is. Younger netminder who they may view as a backup. Might be pushing Reimer out, so Reimer could be expendable there. Mm-hmm. Reimer's been great. He hasn't had a save percentage below 913 since 2015. Yeah. Did you know that, Chris? Because I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's I know been really he's, solid. Yeah, I know he's he's performed well in um, Carolina. I know towards the, uh, the end of his time in Toronto and I think a little bit in Florida. When he was the main guy, stuff didn't work out as well. But ever since it's been more of a tandem thing in Carolina, he's been performing pretty well. And that yep. could translate here since Blackwood is supposed Perfectly. to be our number one. And they're envisioning like a 1A, 1B kind of thing, hopefully. Maybe a little less of a realistic possibility is Anthony Bronto, the Arizona Coyotes. She was in trade rumors a lot last year. Uh, Darcy Kemper's basically taken over as the number one there if he stays healthy. Kemper's, uh, sorry, Ronta's been terrific. He's a 9-2-4 save percentage in three seasons with the Coyotes. So he he's like a borderline starter in the league. He could easily start for a lot of teams. So yeah, that might be a little bit. Yeah, Arizona would be a fire sale this year. Yeah, so. Because um, Kemper, move. I think, has one year left on his deal before he hits the market. He'll probably get moved out of the two of them. Ronta's um, 30 plus years old. I think Kemper's a little younger. I could be wrong though. Yeah, I I think it's the the fact that he's on an expiring deal, and there's no doubt that there's going to be tons of people going for him in the off season. Um, yeah, I could see them going for Ronta too, moving Ronta. I mean, the Coyotes are just in a horrible spot. They have almost no cap space and no prospects, so I'm sure they'll be making moves throughout the season. So Ronta's 31 and uh, Kemper's 30. So. I don't know who they have back between uh, behind those two guys, but Ronta's a name that you might want to keep your eye on. And lastly, I think this is the most realistic option is Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell, of course, with the San Jose Sharks, was with the San Jose Sharks, signed a tryout deal with the Maple Leafs. Might have been a one-year contract. Supposedly, the Maple Leafs have kind of like goalie issues right now. They have three on their current roster after making cuts today. 
Arundel was not sent down because he would have went through waivers, and the Maple Leafs reportedly do not want to place him on waivers. So maybe the happy solution here, you get a little value from him and you trade him. Dell had a horrific uh, two years ago where he had a eight. It was a below nine save percentage. Yeah, it was a brutal season. Mm. But last year, he rebounded nicely at 908 save percentage. And the years before that, he's all been he's been real solid. So Aaron Dell, I think, would be a real solid option there if the Devils want to trade someone. He'd be a really cheap target. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and the last thing you do to address this net mining issue is just patrol the waiver market. We saw a ton of waivers today, Monday. Um it's to be seen if the Devils make any moves. Maybe we wake up tomorrow and they put in a claim on a goalie before the uh, noon waiver deadline. But the waivers is always another place, depending on what names pop up. So that's how the Devils would go about dressing their um, goaltending, backup goaltending issues if they want to move on from Scott Wedgwood. I think they're going to realize that Scott Wedgwood is not a viable backup. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. So. Yeah, I think it's more what? just not rushing the development of the other guys. I think that's more what it is. And yeah, I mean, he the other guys aren't most, ready. You know, whether whether he's good or not, he has the most experience in the NHL out of the rest of them. So. Yeah, and the rest of them are Gilly Sen and Evan Cormier. Akira Schmidt's didn't wasn't even in Devils camp. He's like ECHL, so, isn't he? No, or, he's over in the USHL last time. Okay. I saw. He might be somewhere different because of COVID, but he was over in the USHL last time. I checked his stats. There was some good news, believe it or not, for Devils fans. Jesper Bratt finally signed his contract extension. It was a two-year contract for an average salary of $2,750,000. So it's a very solid contract value-wise for the Devils. The most important thing, as it is with these restricted free agent contracts, is Jester Bratt will still be a restricted free agent at the end of the newly signed two-year deal. Now, worth mentioning, much like Sammy Votnin, don't expect Jester Bratt in the lineup until maybe after game three. He's still going through obtaining a visa coming over from Sweden. Where is he at? He's in Sweden, right? Yeah, he's in Sweden. And um, quarantining in the U.S. I forget what the amount of days. It might be a seven-day quarantine mandatory. So something to look forward to after game three. Josh Bratt coming back in the lineup. So that was big news there. Glad to see Bratt finally back. I mean, Chris, you, I, I think you'll agree here. It should have never taken this long. That was really screwed themselves here by making this linger. Yeah. I mean, you would have wanted them to get it done before the season started, get him here, get him in camp. Um it is what it is. We have no idea what was the holdup in negotiations, but bottom line is it's done. He, he's not. He's begun the process of coming over. Um, I think everyone's just happy this is finally past us for now. Yeah, and it's a little confusing because I don't really know what the holdup was. The contract itself mm. isn't that big, you know. To your, it's a kind of a simple contract. The money value is not that bad, but anyway. We're moving on. Jester Bratt will be back in a Devil's uniform in the new future for two years, at least. Last thing we're going to discuss here before we move on to the main part of this episode is the Devils had a flurry of cuts and waiver moves today. They're wiring down their NHL roster to comply with the number of players. So the NHL roster 
is 23 players, made up of 23 players, and the teams will also have a six-man taxi squad. The Devils have cut it down to 24. This 24 number is without Jesha Ratt, Nico Heeshear, and Sammy Votnin, all of which most likely won't be a part of the opening night roster. The biggest surprise of the cuts was forward Nick Merkley. Um, he was an early cut. He had to go through waivers. He is actually still on waivers as we are recording this. And if a team claims him by 12 o'clock, he won't be a member of the New Jersey Devils anymore. So that's something I'm going to be keeping a close eye on because he is not somebody you want to lose. No. Yeah, I, I don't really understand this move. Merkley played well in the scrimmages I watched. Of course, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes in the actual practices. And you have a huge risk with having to put him through waivers. So, Yeah, I mean, um, he's definitely the surprise out of all those cuts. I think we... I'm pretty sure we didn't even think about the fact that he could be sent down. You know, in our rosters, we had him pegged in at like line three or line four. Maybe even see some, some special teams time and stuff like that. So, yeah, pretty surprising to see him get moved down. I'm wondering what the reasoning for that is. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's funny because it's kind of getting the notable names that made it or are still a part of the roster because technically they didn't make it yet because Devils still have one cut to make. Uh, Nathan Bastion is still in the roster. And hmm. Bastion and Merkley are both waiver-eligible players. So, in a sense, they kind of chose Nathan Bastion over Nick Merkley, which is an interesting decision. As of the rest of what the roster is currently looking like, notable guys. Jesper Boquist kind of all thought, but he's still a part of the roster. Igor Sharangovich, we all thought, is still a part of the roster. Well-deserved. As I just mentioned, Michael mm. McLeod, Nathan Bastian, and then two of the more surprising names is Mikhail Malksev and Nolan Foote. Each of these guys are not waiver eligible, so they could be sent down with having without having to go on waivers. And that also automatically makes them eligible for the six-man taxi squad. To be a part of that six-man taxi squad, you either have to have had to um, pass through waivers, which Nick Merkley is currently doing, or be non-waiver eligible, like Maltsev, like Michael McLeod, like Nolan Foote. So... Yeah, that's your forwards right now. Your defense core, no surprises really. Uh, Matt Tennyson's right now still on the roster. Uh, Dimitri Kulikov and Connor Carrick. When Sammy Votnin comes back, I'd expect Matt Tennyson to be put on the taxi squad. I believe he'd yeah, have to that'd go be through a fair waivers first to be placed on the taxi squad, but still. Um, it looks like the Devils, regardless, are going to go eight defensemen on their roster, which is fine. Yeah, They got a lot of depth there, so including Dimitri Kulikov, Connor Carrick. But my mind just goes to the sword group. I'm wondering how this plays out here. Opening night, I don't think we're going to see Nolan Foot in the opening night lineup. I, I don't think wrong. Nico is skating right now, is he? No, I, I, I've kind of let go of that whole hope of Nico being in the uh, yeah, lineup. Yeah, I think the last night. thing I saw, he was like not dressed while they were scrimmaging. So. Yeah. Uh, worth noting here before we talk about who we think is going to be in the opening night roster. Geely Sen is still a part of the Devils roster. He is most, he's not uh, waiver eligible, so expect him to be the third goalie, the goalie on the taxi squad. So, but 
Chris. Once the AHL season rolls around, two weeks after that start of the NHL season, Gilly Sen better be taken off the taxi squad and set down because that man needs to continue to develop in the AHL. So yeah, that I, would I, open I have the a door for be. a uh, yeah. So that would open the door. The Devils has have to have a goalie on their taxi squad. I'm almost certain. So that would open the door for a possible trade or most likely a waiver acquisition in that. So. Mm. All right, moving on. Last thing before we move into the big chunk of this episode, uh, the main chunk of this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we think the Devils opening night roster is going to look like. Forward-wise, the top six of Nikita Gusev, Jack Hughes, Cal Palmieri, we've seen that line a lot in scrimmage. So that looks like it's going to be a lot for the first line. The duo of Travis Zajac and Pavel Zaka will probably make up whatever you want to call it, second or third line. It's who's going to be on his left wing, and it's either going to be Andres Janssen or Miles Wood. We've seen both of those guys alternate on that line. Third line looks pretty certain of Igor Sharangovich, Jesper Boquist, and Yanni Kokkinen. All these three have skated together in basically all the scrimmages. And that leaves a fourth line of either Miles Wood, Andres Janssen, as crazy as it sounds, Andres <laughs> Janssen has skated on a fourth line, most recently in the last scrimmage alongside Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastion. I think Michael McLeod and Bastion are going to be like your last two forwards on opening night. The other options are Mikel Maltzev or uh, Nolan Foote. So I think yeah. it's going to be a McLeod Bastion. That's interesting. I wouldn't have expected Johnson to be looking at potential fourth line status. Yeah, I wouldn't really call a fourth line, I guess, because the Devils are going to be rolling the lines. Um, yeah. They don't have like a premier. They have one top line. They kind of have the rest kind of like, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. And even Maltev, yeah. you know, he's he's skilled. He's a skilled player for, you know, fourth line and stuff. But we know he's yeah. got the hands. So. In my mind, I think we're going to see Bastion and McLeod lock down those last two opening night spots and uh, Mikhail Maltsev and Nolan Foot be the odd guys out. So That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. The decor, I think, is pretty set in stone. Murray Subban have been skating together a lot in scrimmage. Ty Smith and Damon Severson has been a very fun pairing, and I hope they keep that in scrimmage. I think that's going to continue on. And then the last line is going to come down to... I'm almost certain we'll see Will Butcher, and then it'll either be Connor Carrick or um, Dimitri Kulkov, that last guy, and I'm leaning towards Connor Carrick just because right-handed, left-handed, bottom pairing of Butcher and Carrick. So. Yeah. And then Makes we got Blackwood and Wedgwood. So those are your goalies. Um, yeah, that's what we're thinking the opening night roster is going to look like here with all the recent cuts and stuff. We're not going to bore you with any more uh, talk here. The last thing we could have talked about is the last training camp scrimmage that was on Sunday. The only thing worth mentioning from that scrimmage is the Miles Wood PK Subban scrap. <laughs> did Chris, did you end up seeing a video of that? I didn't end it up wasn't seeing it. I, I heard about it, but... Yeah, I wouldn't call it a fight. I'd call it a little scrimmage. Um, it was like along the boards. It was PK Subban was the one that was really angry. Miles Boyd must have did something that really pissed him off because Subban was going after him. Yeah. And then they even broke it off, and then Subban went back at him to try to get him again. And then supposedly, according to Mitsayek of the Athletic, in between periods, Subban approached Wood again at the bench, and Severson had to step in between them. So. I don't know what the heck happened there. That's a little funny something. I mean, you see this with teams a lot sometimes. Um, I've already seen a couple of videos of training camps fights, but it's weird. It kind of lingered on, and we don't really know the reason why. So, yeah. Anyway, they uh, they interviewed both of them after the, the uh, scrimmage, and it seems like everyone's moving on. So. But now, 
time to listen to the rest of episode 32, I think this is, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, episode 32. Sit back, relax, and listen to us League talk preview. about Alrighty, welcome back everybody. Just got done listening to our voices here a couple days ago. We're back right at it again. Episode 32, we're going to call this. It's kind of like part two of the last episode we had. Uh Continuing on our preview of the NHL season. This episode's more going to focus NHL as a wide preview and prediction. It's going to run through each team, give our predicted finish of standings. We're also going to talk about our Stanley Cup predictions and our playoff prediction will bar down bets some gambling action for all you generates out there and uh we'll close it down same do as last episode james and chris um, what is up episode 32 jersey number 32 not a lot of great options here <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull this one up i know dakota mermis wore it um last year or this year or whatever you want to call it last year i'm looking at the uh, list right now chris you recall anyone that wore 32 <laughs> Ooh, 32. Um, I'll read you some names here. <laughs> I feel like there's um, going to be some no-name like backup I've never heard of or something. So Pat Conacher from 88 to 1992. He was probably the <laughs> longest tenured number 32. Um, some good names here. Matthew Carrente, Nick Palmieri, uh, Matt oh. Tarmina, Mark <laughs> Frazier, Mike Sislo, <laughs> Michael Kapla, Ryan Murphy. Oh my goodness! What a what a walk down memory lane there. Yeah. So remember when Nick Paul Mary was like the next thing with Kovalchuk and all that. Was he in the Kobe? He was in the Kobe trade. He was playing. He was well. I don't think he was in the Kobe trade, but he like came up and he was playing on a line with like Kovalchuk and I forget who else, and he was doing well. Which you know, I mean, he's playing with good guys. Trade for American Lucky trade. Mm, Yeah, with the Wild. (laughs) Yeah, you got sent with Curtis Foster, Stefan Veyu, and a couple picks for uh, Marek Zidlicki. So, anyway, we're, we're going to jump in now. We're going to talk about the NHL-wide season predictions. We're going to go division by division, these new makeshift divisions they made. Keep in mind here, while we're talking about these divisions, the top four teams in each division qualify for the playoffs. We'll talk more about the playoff structure after we give our standings predictions. We'll do that then. So, We'll start in the North Division. Chris, are we on agreement on who we have at the bottom of the North Division with the Ottawa Senators? Yes. Okay. Yep. Sorry, Ottawa. So, yeah, I mean, they're, is what they're it doing is. the rebuild thing. It's yep. all, like you'll agree, it's all about the young guys this year. Brady Chuck, um, Colin White, Tim Stutzel. Mm-hmm. Hope to see him. He was electric in the World Juniors. Thomas Shabbat. Uh, <laughs> uh, they got much more talent than last year. They should improve. They added Evgeny Dadnoff. Tim Stutzel should be good. Um, they added Alex Galchenyuk. Did you know that? I did. I think I think I heard about it, I but I did forget too. about it. Yeah. Um, well, I also, forgot about it, too. I mean, I don't, I don't think... You know, Murray is the total answer in uh in net, but but who knows? You know, they made the move. So yeah. anyway, Senators should be better than uh, last year, but still still rebuilding year for them. Now this is where you know what? Let's go. We'll, we'll be a little confusing here. Who you got one? Toronto. I'm assuming you have Toronto. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So we got one in seven. How many teams are in this division? Seven. Seven. So we got one in seven overall. <laughs> Toronto is a cup contender this year. They're yep. they're good for sure. Uh, decor keeps getting better and better. It's not elite They've addressed yet, a lot of their I mean, needs. It's there. Um, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall is great. Travis Dermott, uh, Morgan, Morgan Riley, Riley. Yep. Tyson Berry. Jinx. 
So Ford Group also loaded, one of the better in the league. The top six is arguably the best in the NHL. Freddie Anderson's just going to keep getting better and better as the decor keeps getting better and better. So mm-hmm. this Leafs team is legit. So they got a real chance at the cup, especially how the playoff structure is this year. So for sure, yeah. Um, okay, now this is where we get fun. Uh, you want to go number seven or number two? Uh, I'll go number two. Or right. actually, do you want to do it from the bottom up? Yeah, we'll do bottom up. So okay, we'll so we're on seven. six then. Seven was or Ottawa. Six, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, six was six is now. So I got the Vancouver Canucks at six. Oh, I got so Montreal. I got, them regressing. You got Montreal at six. I got Montreal at six. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> I got him at two. I got him at two. All right, almost one right there. But anyway, number six for me is Canucks. Um, I see them regressing this year. Losing Markstrom's big for them. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Braden Holpe at this point in his career. It's the Thatcher Demeco show. Don't get me wrong; he was terrific in the playoffs, but you know, wanted to just see more. Should mm-hmm. be fine, but needs to prove himself more. The forward group's pretty, pretty torrid outside the top six. Their bottom six forward group's pretty ugly. Um, like Adam Gaudet is in that group, just guys like that. Yeah. Top six is great. Um, their defense is fine, especially given the addition of Nate Schmidt. They got Quinn Hughes progressing. Their defense should be pretty good. It's just that depth bottom six forward group really scares the hell out of me, and I think they overperformed a ton last year. So go ahead. Talk about the Canadians. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I might be low-balling them here. I won't be surprised if they finish higher, but um, I think Price is going to be Price. He'll win games for them that they shouldn't win. Um, See, I like some of the moves both. that they made, such as like bringing in Toffoli and stuff like that. But I have questions about the the decor. Um, obviously, they've got Shea Weber there. Um, so, I, I don't know. My, my biggest question with them is, is the decor. If it's solid, I could very easily see them being second, like you said, James. But uh, I, that's, that's the biggest question mark to me. <laughs> Me and you have a totally different opinion. We'll, I'll talk more on the Canadians when we get to them in my rankings. But um, all right, moving up now. We got seven, six. So number five, I got the Edmonton Oilers. I had Calgary. Okay. Um, so Oilers for me. Uh, their forwards just too darn top heavy. I mean, that's what you're going to get when you have Drysdale and McDavid, which is fine. They're two elite forwards. But outside of that, some mm-hmm. other names you got Jar- Josh Archibald, um, Yuri Carroll, uh, Jesus, Jajari Carey. You know who I'm trying to talk- say his name? Uh, Jajari Kahari. Maybe yeah. is how you pronounce it. Um, Kyle Turris is they signed Turris. James Neal's down there. Tyler Ennis. It's just it's okay. It's nothing special. Their decor scares the hell out of me. <laughs> it's like not. Um, their best defenseman is a guy they just signed, Tyson Barry. Uh, Darnell Nurse, Nurse is there. He's fine. Caleb Jones is kind of underrated guy. He's okay. Adam Larson, for whatever reason, is really starting to fall off. Ethan Bear signed an extension, but he's meh. Just not a big fan of their decor. And guess mm-hmm. what? I'm not a big fan of their goalies either. <laughs> Mike Smith is getting older. And then Miko Koskinen, um, he's fine. League average, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, just not a big Oilers guy. Didn't love that Dominic Cahoon signing, though. He's going to be good for them this year. So, um, talk a little bit about the Flames. I, I mean, last season was just bizarre for them. I mean, I I don't see. I know the moves they made. I mean, they signed Chris Tanev, who had a great season last year with the Canucks, but before that, he was pretty injury-prone, and he was playing with Quinn Hughes a lot last year. Um, they did bring over Jacob Markstrom, um, but 
you know, they, they were supposed to have good goaltending last year. Um, it's kind of one of those things where last year we expected them to be in the playoffs and the wheels just kind of fell off and everything, you know, in terms of their play, we, we expect them to be a lot better than they were. Um, I don't know if those moves necessarily change anything. They were very disappointing last year. Um, very, very disappointing. And I totally agree there. Um, yeah, I'll talk more about it when I get to them. Uh, next, which we're at number what? Five now? Or four? Four. Yeah, four. Uh, Winnipeg Jets. I have Edmonton. Okay. Um, go ahead. Since we just talked about the Oilers, anything yeah. you want to add to what I was blabbing on about before? Yeah, I mean, I, I put them here just because of uh, Dreisaitl and McDavid. Um, obviously, McDavid benefits from Dreisaitl. He is the the engine of that team. Um I, I'm being sarcastic. They're, okay. they're both phenomenal I, players. I, I was <laughs> looking both... at my notes, preparing myself for the next thing, and I heard you talking. I know there's a running joke here about the uh, Leon Dreisaitl Connor McDavid marriage, but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, obviously you're you're in pretty good shape when you have those two guys on yeah, your roster. You it's just fill, it's filling out the rest of it. Um, I think Edmonton has the firepower to at least get into the playoffs. Whether they mm-hmm. make a run from there is another story. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah, I got the Winnipeg Jets. Um, for the Jets, it just comes down to their decor. It's not good still. Um, but yeah. they got the best, arguably the best goal in the league between the pipes with Connor Halbuck. Mm-hmm. So, Ben's a trophy winner last year, definitely a candidate again this year. And if they're going to finish fourth where I have them and in the playoff spot, it's going to be because of Connor Halbuck. Their offense is solid too. Their top six is pretty darn good. Um, their forward depth isn't all that great, but I think their top six does enough for them scoring-wise. It just comes down to their defense for me. It's not very great, but mm-hmm. Connor Halbuck's a beast. So that's why I got them at four. Um, number three, I'm assuming you have the Jets? Yes, I have Winnipeg, yep. Okay. Anything you want to add there? Um, I mean, we thought they were going to underperform last year with a very bad decor, and Hellebuck, you know, powered through, carried them. Um, who knows what's going on with the whole Patrick Line situation that's been going on for like two years now. I mean, at this point, I, I don't even pay attention to it in the news cycle anymore. Yeah, media is so. just being Canadian media, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just talk about their decor a little more. Um, the only additions they made, they knew it was not great last year. The only additions they made, they brought in Derek Forbort and they brought in Dylan DeMello. So... Those are two additions to the defensive core that they hope help. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, number three now we're at. Um, keep in mind these are playoff teams now. Top four in each division are playoff teams. Uh, number three are the Calgary Flames. Me and Chris both agreed. Very disappointing last year. Mm-hmm. I think the Markstrom shining is going to help a lot. Uh, Markstrom and Rich, that's a pretty good combination, I think. Because Raiders was supposed to do well last year. I believe he did truckle a little bit, and that was one of their big problems. But their goaltending problems should finally be figured out. Not a fan of the contract they signed Markstrom to, but, I mean, he's a solid player for now. Their top six forward group is great. Um, Goudreau should have a bounce-back year. Chuck's one of the better forwards in the league. He's awesome. Love the way that guy plays. Andrew Mag Nepane. Pane is a very good Manji player. Barney. Yeah, that guy. Um, very <laughs> solid player that people should talk about more. Um, like I said, top six forward group is pretty good. Their depth is okay forward-wise. Uh, like that. I love that signing of my boy Josh Levo. Um, defensive core, they got Jerry Darno, uh, Noah Hannafin, UC Valamaki is going to play something for them this year. Newer player, Oliver Klingenton. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I like the Flames. I think they'll bounce back, and they should at least qualify for the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. my opinion. Chris, who's your number three team? You I, I just said it was the Jets. 
Oh, you did talk about them already. Sorry. <laughs> we're kind of doing this in an unorganized way, and that's how I'm doing. But anyway, we'll, we'll we're, keep we're that on it. Two. <laughs> we're on the two. Montreal Canadiens are number two team, which was Chris's number 16. Yes. So um, let me let me blabber on about the Montreal Canadiens here for a little bit. So they're just a really balanced team, and I got to give uh, – Bergevin? No, I will never give him credit. The, the head coach. What the heck am I doing? Claude Julian. Claude Julian? Right? He's still there. He's still back there. Uh, yeah, I got to give Claude Julian. I think is, so. Is he had that heart issue that he had to miss part of the playoffs for. So I don't know yeah, what his I deal he's is. Still back there though. This is very, very bad on our part. We're supposed to know what we're talking about here. <laughs> Claude Julian. Is, yeah, the guy. He, he, he didn't have those coach, health I can't issues. remember if he's yeah. still going to be there this I season. I think or he's not. still all good to go. Okay. Anyway, he. I got to give him credit. There's a lot of guys in this Canadians lineup that are just like not no names but not very big household names if you walked on the, down the street mm-hmm. ask somebody hey do you know who paul byron is they're probably gonna say no uh suzuki was solid for me guy. in fantasy yeah <laughs> yeah he's gonna be in the top six role this year so he should have a good year jonathan druin's there thomas tatar is a very good player love thomas tatar brennan gallagher's got a new extension i like their forward group their decor is very balanced um i know you said you weren't a fan Weber and Petrie are a very good duo. Those guys could still play. Uh-huh. Um, they sound Joel Edmondson, not a big Edmondson guy, but he brings a little bit of an Ed. Uh, Brett Kulak, Ben Chariot, other guys are okay. Um, nothing special. I think the decor is a little underrated, though. I, I'm a big Jeff Petrie and Che Weber guy. Believe it or not, I think the thing that could hold them back this year is their goaltending. Mm, um, interesting. They brought in Jake Allen, which is fine. He had a very good year last year, but Jake Allen's a year removed from having one of the worst years of his career. Carey Price is on the decline. You can't deny that. I think it just comes down to goaltending. If they get good goaltending, if Allen's last year's Jake Allen and Carey Price is normal Carey Price, they could give Toronto a run for their money, in my opinion. Yeah. So, that makes right, sense. So who's yeah. that lead for your second team? Kind of lost track here. Uh, I have no? Vancouver. Oh, man. I, we, I, we I am a big believer in Vancouver. Yeah. We flip our number six teams in the <laughs> yes. North Division. Yep. So. I, I think Demko is the real deal. Um, I think Quinn Hughes will only take more steps forward, uh, yeah, become great. a real leader of that decor. I like Vancouver's forward group. Uh, they're still young. Um, I like JT Miller as well. He, he proved very effective last year for them. Um, also pretty solid for me in fantasy. Um but yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in Vancouver. Uh, I honestly I feel like the Canadian division is probably I don't. It's definitely not a tough division in my opinion. Um, yeah, me neither. Uh, so yeah, I, agree. I, I could see like I I could see things really shaking out numerous different ways. Aside from Toronto finishing first and Ottawa finishing last, I you know totally agree it's with you. it's really wide open. Yeah, I totally agree with you um, in saying that. I think this division is by far the hardest to predict out of all divisions. Um, So, yeah, just to reiterate here, I'll go through my top or the seven teams. I knew you go through yours. I got the Leafs one, Canadians two, Flames three, Jets four, Oilers five, Canucks six, and Senators seven. I have uh, Leafs one or uh, Vancouver two, excuse me, Winnipeg three, Oilers four, Calgary five, uh, Montreal six, and Ottawa seven. Yep. Keep in mind the top four in each division move on to the playoffs. We'll talk more about the playoffs here in the next segment. We're going to move to the central now. 
Um, we'll go top to bottom. <clears throat> I am sure we both have the last team, unless you got a little, little crazy here. You have the Red Wings last. Uh, yes, I do. Okay, yeah, we both got the Wings last. Um, not much to say here. Uh, no doubt they got better. They made some nice moves. Brought in Ryan, uh, Ryan Merrill, John Merrill, and Bobby Ryan. <laughs> uh, Vladislav Nemestikov was brought in as well. <laughs> Roster is still pretty brutal, though. <laughs> Just a lot of young guys find their footing, you know. Mm-hmm. Thomas Grice bringing him in, that's going to be big. I kind of feel bad, though. I don't think there's any plans for Maurice Sider to join the squad this year or so. Big question, Chris. Will Thomas Grice do better than Jimmy Howard's 223 and 2 record last year? I'm going to say no. No, yeah. <laughs> it, it's very, very underrated thing that Jimmy Howard literally went 223 and 3 last year. Uh-huh. 223 and 2. That's a crazy stat. I don't think I've ever seen anything you like just, that before. You feel bad. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I don't think he's even in the league anymore. I, I don't think he officially retired, but I don't think any teams picked him up. Anyway, Red Wings, bottom the barrel in the central division. We got the Blackhawks next on my list. Do you have the Blackhawks next too? I, I think. do. Yep. I okay, have good. Chicago we're, seven. we're running even here. I think we're going to be similar on this one. Yes. Uh, full-fledged rebuild here for Chicago, huh? No Kirby Doc either. No Kirby Doc. At least to start. Um, who else they got injured? Isn't... Yeah, the scary news about Jonathan Pace. I don't think we talked about that yet. Yeah. Did you hear about that? I didn't, I didn't hear about it. No? No. He, uh, he is reportedly... Um, they don't know when he's going to be back. He has a health issue, undisclosed health issue. Both him and his general manager released a statement on it. Sounds kind of scary. So we're wishing Jonathan Taze all the best. Um, Chris, I'm surprised you can hear about that. Shame I, I on didn't. Us for not talking yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, hoping hoping all the best for Jonathan Taze. So um, Blackhawks, we don't even know who their goal is going to be. Colin Delilah or Malcolm Subban, right? Let's see who it's between. Mm-hmm. Um, their decor is one of the worst in the leagues, and it's not good to have one of the worst decors in the league and one of the worst goaltender duos in the league. That's not a recipe for success. Um, yeah, it's going to be an ugly season in Chicago. So, anything you'd like to add for these Blackhawks? Yeah, no. Um, not looking good. Yeah, not looking good. All right, Chris. Are we on strong here? Who do you have? Oh, this is an 18 division, right? So, we got yes. six now? Yep, we got six now. All right. What I do you have think? Florida. We're on the same track, my friend. <laughs> um, go ahead. Talk a little about the Florida Panthers, my friend. Um, you know, it, one of the bigger questions is going to be Bob. Does he bounce back? Yes. Um, big, big question. Pretty big underperformance last year from him after signing that massive getting? deal. How much? I, I forget how much he's getting paid, but it's, it is a – I would like to be making that much money. <laughs> um, I, I think Florida, their forward group – you know they've got Barkov, they got Huberto, but they've had them for a couple of years now. It's just it's getting everything really else not to work. Good outside of those. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Um, the the decor. You know you have Ekblad, who's had some moments, but he's also had some bad moments. Um, it's it's just a toss up with Florida. And by the way, Bob is a big factor if he plays well or not. Yeah, I looked that contract up, and it's. Seven years, ten million per. <laughs> oh yeah, he make a bank. He make a bank. We're in year two of that contract. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, which is crazy because Tom, I'm not even gonna pronounce his last name. Tom L of the Athletic, who does great advanced statistics work, mm-hmm. has him projected at a goal save. Uh, I forget what the stat is. GS. 
VA. It's advanced stat for save percentage, expected save percentage, whatever. He has uh-huh. him at a 0.3 this year. He was actually in a negative last year. He's a below replacement player, which is crazy because he's making 10 million a year. Anyway, their forward group is not good outside the top line. No. They have the top line of Huberto, Varkov, and Hornquist. Hornquist was a good acquisition. Their second line is Anthony Duclair, projected second line. Anthony Duclair, Noel Kari, and Brett Connolly. Not great. So, anyway, might be a long year for Florida. Um, yeah. Their decor ain't bad, though. I mean, it's not terrible. It's like middle of the pack. Mackenzie Weger's a beast. Aaron Eckblad's fine. Um, Yandel. I like the additions of Marcus Nudevara and Radko Gudis. That's a mm-hmm. very good bottom pairing. Um, but yeah, not much going on for the Panthers, unfortunately. So yeah, we're moving on, Chris. Will we stay perfect together? Um, go, that go depends if you think uh, John Hines' team is number five. Oh, man, I switched. I'm, I'm assuming we have the Blue Jackets spreader switched. Do you have them yep. as your next day? Yeah, I got the yep. uh, I got the Blue Jackets here. Yeah, I have Nashville at five. Okay, um, let's talk about the jackets first. I th- do you think we're finally going to see re- uh, regression out of these jackets that should have regressed about like four see, years ago but never did? <laughs> I thought Columbus was going to be bad last year, and Torch proved me wrong. Not. Mm. I didn't think that, that Columbus would do anything against Tampa, you know, back when they had Panera and all that. Torch proved me wrong. I didn't think they'd do anything last year. Torch proved me wrong. So it's literally just, all right, like, I'm. I can't really bet against Torts anymore. I just keep getting burned by it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, say what you will about him. He, he knows how to get his guys to play as long as he has the locker room. That he does. Yeah. Um, for, I'm the same way, man. Every, it's every year they're supposed to regress, but they don't. Mm-hmm. Tortorella's great. Their decor is really good. Um, Rowenski and Jones, great top line. And the rest of these guys' names is not household names, but they get the job done. David Savard is probably a household name. But uh, Dean Kukan, Vladislav Gervikov, and Andrew Peak are the rest of the projected defensemen. All no-name guys, but they get the job done. It's going to come down to goaltending, as it always does. Are we going to see the... At one point, people were dubbing Rookie of the Year and Elvis Merzlinkis. Is Jonas Corposalo going to build on a strong year? Depends performance is really dependent on them the forward group's okay Bortstrand just got a contract extension five year uh not five year deal but it's five million per i i said jokingly in the group chat earlier that i bet you he made four million off of that all the games he played against the devils because he just slides the devils up uh pierre luke dubois is great he was actually in trade rumors there for a little bit before they got his extension max domi good addition um down the center they're really good uh, forward groups, it's okay, you know. I got them coming in here at uh, what's that five? Uh, you got the Preds at five. I got the Preds at I, four. I think the um, biggest thing for me with the Preds versus goal Columbus t- is goaltending. Soros and Rene, I thought would be an okay duo last year, and it it just didn't work, you know. Um, I don't I don't know how that transpires this year. Um. Not trying to cast any shade on Hines, but you know us having experience no, watching him coach it. this 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 team, uh, we kind of know what his system's it. like. Although he does have a better uh, defensive core there for sure than he did in New Jersey, um, stronger forward core than he had in New Jersey. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Hines 
does a better job in Nashville because he's got a little bit better weapons than he did at the time. But that question between the net is uh, my biggest question mark and why I put Nashville at five. All right. Yeah, uh, Perez, it, like you said, 100% correct. It comes down to goaltending, UC Saros and Becca Rene. See how they do. Their top pairing defensive, their top pairing defensemen are the best, is the best pair in the NHL, Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. That's mm-hmm. an absolutely absurd pair, uh, pair. They brought in Matt Benning and Mark Borkowski for their bottom pairing. Borkowski's meh. Uh, Matt Benning, I think, is a little underrated. Mm-hmm. Matias Eckholm's a solid defenseman. Forward group, there's a lot of talent in this group, but they seem like they never put it together, you know? Yeah. Uh, Forsberg, Granlin, they brought back. Eric Hall, they brought in. Shane, Johansson, Arvidsson. We're going to see Ellie Tolvinen this year. Like I said, a lot of talent. They could just all bring it together. I think they should do enough to do so. How many years do they have to wait for Askarov to be eligible to come over? Like if they wanted no, to have him in like a training couple. camp or something? Yeah, I couldn't remember how many years it is. Yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah, that that was a perfect – that was the definition of drafting by need. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so. it was a pretty good pick. <laughs> but yeah. a little bit – I would argue that pick was both value and need at the same time, which is very rare. Yeah. So that is your National Predator and um, Blue Jackets summary. Do you have the Dallas Stars next, Chris? Uh so we're moving on to three yes that's correct yeah i have dallas at three okay go ahead talk a little bit about dallas um i think you know ben bishop's coming back hudobin got re-signed so goaltending between the pipes should be good uh i think that the forward group will bounce back from the regular season they had last year um the the experience they got from going on that Stanley Cup run, which anyone who says it wasn't the real thing, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. <laughs> I get the argument there's no fans in the building, but there were a lot more sacrifices they had to make in that bubble situation than normal for a Stanley Cup playoff. Um, so I think it's a, it's a valuable team-building experience. Um, I, I just see them taking that momentum and that chemistry into this season uh, and finishing probably third in the central i would say yeah so a couple things with the stars i don't think ben bishop's gonna be ready for the beginning of the season mm-hmm. i could be wrong but anton kadovin's a more than formidable starter for the time being until he gets back uh tyler sagan i believe is not healthy as well i think he's gonna miss some time they got good uh depth forwards though I think some of them got some newer contracts like uh, Hinton, and who's that Russian dude that came on in the playoffs? Kirinov. Yeah. So yeah, no, they're they're a solid team. Their deep core is one of the better in the league, and their goalies are one of the better in the league. And when you have a good defenseman and good goaltenders, sometimes you don't have to score a whole bunch of goals. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, starts gonna be nice again. Surprise runner-ups. Very quiet offseason, but you know, maybe I'll catch a game. Have a solid team already. Anyway, Carolina Hurricanes are next to my list. Assume you're we the are same. we are on the same page right now. The only we thing we just had two teams split. The Blue Jackets. Thing, yeah, so. that was anyway. it. Uh, I love the Hurricanes. You know that. Very strong team. Only strongest in the NHL. Uh, all depends, as usual, for the Hurricanes on Mr. Peter Morazic and James Reimer. Uh, they've been fine in years past. I'm sure they'll be okay again. Do enough in this weakish division. I think it's better than the North Division, but it's. If it's the second best division, that's really saying something about how strong the first division is. If this division's still not that strong, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So anyway, um, yeah, I think they'll do enough. Their decor is absolutely loaded as usual. So good decor in front of those net monitors. Forward group is great. Forward death is fantastic. I love the Hurricanes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're they're solid. I mean we knew that when they were in the metro. There, I mean we've we've talked about them in previous episodes. Even though obviously Devils fans do not like Carolina because they've been a thorn in our sides when we were towards the end of our perennial playoff years. They were always a thorn in our side. Um, but there's really no weak point in this Carolina team. I mean, I, for me, it's kind of the goaltending. I don't 100% believe in it, but I mean, it's worked. So It has. It has worked. Um, last team, number one team, Tampa Bay Lightning. Even without Kucherov, they're elite, easily cup contenders. What's crazy is the weakness of this team is goaltending, which is absurd to say, given that Andre... Uh, Vasilevsky's their goaltender. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, their defensive group is loaded. Their forward group's even more loaded. Interested to see how Cal Foot does this year. It should be his first year of like full hockey, you know. Uh-huh. Um, the, really, the only glaring weakness on their team's backup goaltending. Their backup's Curtis Malcahanny. Um, yeah. But who's I mean, not the worst backup to have? Yeah, but it's, and he's also not going to play a lot because <laughs> yeah. you got a solid goaltender from yeah. him. So. Yeah, this team is good. They're probably going to... Might go Breaking back news, back. Tampa right is there. good. Yeah, there you go. Learn something new every day. Um, all right, so the central rankings we have, I have... Me and Chris both have the Lightning 1, Hurricanes 2, Stars 3. Chris has Blue Jackets 4, I have the Predators 4, and then Reverse at 5. Panthers 6, Blackhawks 7, Red Wings 8. So. Yep. We are moving to the Devils East Division. I'm interested to see what you have here because I know you're not a fan of one of these teams in this division. This yeah. division's a mess at the top. One, I think one the of these four, teams. I'm not a fan of a bunch of these teams. No, I mean like from a from a non-fan perspective, if you know what I'm saying. I think anyway, I got you. Yeah. I think the top four teams in this division are very clear. It just comes down to what order the top four will finish in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that, but we'll see. Uh, last, I got the Buffalo Sabres. I know you don't agree with that. I have the New York Rangers. Yeah, I got the Buffalo Sabres last. Um, their forwards are fine. Specifically, their top six is very solid. Their forward depth is okay. Um, their defensemen are not great. And their goaltending duo is arguably the worst in the NHL down there with Chicago. Um, Linus Allmark's fine, but Carter Hutton's their, like, number one guy, and he really struggled in years past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't like their goaltending at all, and that's really what turns me off from the Sabres, especially given their decor in front of them. Can't help them out that much. Yeah, uh, Colin Miller's fine. Rossman Dallin's a beast. But, I mean, besides that, it's a lot of meh in their goaltending or defensive core. Uh, you have the Rangers last, so you could talk about the Rangers a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think uh... – for the Rangers, it's it's that decor. Uh, not a fan of it. Uh, I thought their defensive numbers overall were just weak in general. Um, I think their goaltending, they're in a good spot, obviously, um, with uh, – help me out with the – I don't want to get the Russian names mixed up between so, the, so Islanders the Islanders and the – The yeah. Rangers kid is Shesterkin and okay. Gorgiev. Okay. There we go. I didn't want to get Shesterkin and Sorokin – Mixed Sorokin. up because I was about yeah. to say Sorokin, which I'm like, no, I think he's Islanders, but the other guys. So, so, so Shesterkin and Gorgiev. Yes, I, I think the Rangers are good with Shesterkin and Gorgiev between the pipes. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I think they need more help than just, you know, drafting Lafreniere. 
Um, the decor did get worse. And yeah. it was really bad last year. Yeah, I think so. their defensive numbers are going to be glaring this year. All right, so I have the Devils at number seven. I think you do too, right? Stay yep, I agree. Six, for whatever reason. But we'll, talk, we'll give you a chance to talk about why you have the Sabres there in a bit. Uh, yeah, so the Devils this year, it's all about the goalies and defense. Their decor should be one of the better teams have had in years. And their goalie mm-hmm. is actually probably one of the better in the whole NHL. But their forward group is not great. So especially to start without Brat in season, maybe he sure misses some time. So it's, I think it's going to be tough to generate goals against like an elite group of goaltenders in this division. Mm-hmm. I so, agree. Um, all right, so I got the Rangers next. I'll talk about them for a little bit. Uh, their forward group is good. It's solid. They got some good names there. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, Pavel Bushnevich, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Ryan Strom, those guys. Uh, we're going to see Youngin Vitoy Kratsev and Capo Kako again. Maybe Capo takes the leap forward. Who knows? was really not good last year. Lafreniere, of course, is there. Four groups really solid. Their decor is just absolutely horrific. Uh, Adam Fox is great. Adam Fox is a really good defender. Uh-huh. Jacob Truba took a huge step back last year. He's not all that great. Brendan Smith and Jack Johnson are just not good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, their goalies are Sturkin and Georgiev, Gorgiev. It's all about them. This team goes as far as their eh, – you know what? Yeah, this team goes as far as their offense takes them. Their goalies have to be good too. If their goalies aren't good, this team could easily finish last, like you said. So – now, you have the Sabres here, right? I did, yep. All right, go ahead. Have fun. So I think that they <clears> – <throat> I think their offense is the main reason I put them here. I think they have enough firepower where if they can not fall off the rails like they have the past two seasons after, like, a solid first month, they can they, – they have the firepower to beat some of the better goaltending in this league. Um Jack Eichel, they brought in Taylor Hall. Um, Olsen's there. You know, I mentioned Jeff Skinner. If he has a bounce back season because he had a down year last year, um, that's the main reason I put Buffalo at six, just ahead of the Devils. Um, they, they've got some okay guys on the blue line. They definitely need help there, and certainly can you do some work between the pipes. But I, I think you know, between the Devils, the Sabers, and the Rangers you're kind of talking about three of the same teams, each with different issues. The Devils, the forward group, the Sabres, mostly their goaltending, uh, and the Rangers, you know, their defensive numbers. So it's it's kind of like pick the way, the weakness you want between the three of them. They yeah. all have one weakness that is probably going to be their main exploit this season. So And that's that's why I have the Sabres last. I, I understand their offense is pretty good. I don't think their offense is as good to – like make up for how bad their defense and their goalies are, you know? Yeah. That, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. That's why I had them last Yeah, I mean, it, it's close. I, I debated whether I would put the Sabres at six or put them at eight. Um, yeah. So. All right. Next up, do you have the Islanders? I don't. Wow. All right, then I guess the top four is not as concrete as I thought it was. Who do you have? I have Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, yeah, I got Pittsburgh one jump up. Do you have the Islanders one jump up? Uh, nope. Okay, well, I'll talk about the Islanders now. Um, <laughs> I think the Islanders are slowly resting every year. That loss of Devon Hayes is going to absolutely hurt them. Oh, yeah, that was a big one. Um, their decor now is pretty meh. I mean, it's it's going to be all about Trotz's system this year. Is it still going to prevail? Um, I don't think it is. Sorokin, that's going to be a big thing. Sorokin and Lomov in between the pipes. That's what this team's going to come down to. 
I feel like that's the case every year. No one knows what's going on with Barzell. He's supposedly holding out for a contract. Maybe he's back mm-hmm. now. Don't really know what's going on there. Uh, the Islanders are almost like the Blue Jackets for me. I, I, I pick them to regress every year, and they just don't. Yeah. So I'm just going to stick to my guns. I think they're in a regress here. I, like, I got to the point where I felt maybe about putting the Rangers above the Islanders. I really don't think the Islanders are going to be good this year. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I about yeah, I mean, for me, obviously they've got Crosby, they've got Malkin, um, they have Gensel. Usually they're they're a decent team. I I saw them regressing last year to being a wild card team, not necessarily a top three division team, and I expected them to be out uh, in the uh, first round of the play-in series and that's what ended up happening um i know they to uh, gave a to contract number seven north team the montreal canadians that yeah. beat them is that yes. correct yes montreal <laughs> stole some games carry price um carry price stole some I'm games kidding. i'm kidding go ahead um, keep going but but for me the biggest thing is the extension of tristan jari i understand why they did it i yeah. don't think he's the answer that's okay. just my opinion i i think what about casey the smith these are no, I know. see the, the thing is is like these guys Ryan Murray Tristan Jari Casey DeSmith they've all had their bright moments but it's like Remember. when they become the actual number one it, it fades away you know yeah um, I mean and I think we saw that a little bit with Jari towards the end of the season last year it started to fade when he became the clear number one and Murray got the job taken away from him and Casey DeSmith you know I've seen him play he's not bad I mean he's definitely a serviceable backup but it's just it's just that weird thing where like sometimes guys are phenomenal backups but they're not phenomenal starters it's the most bizarre thing yeah well I'm a a much bigger believer in Tristan Jari than you are by the sounds of mm-hmm. how you're talking about Jari. Jari did start most of the year last year, even though Matt Moore's there. He took it over towards the end there. He, he did well. I mean, I'm pretty sure his save percentage is above league average. That's what it comes down to for the Penguins. I'll start talking about the Penguins now because they're my next team up. They're my number four slot. Um, their top six is elite like it always is. Malkin, Crosby got the addition of Spirit Kapanen, yes. Yep. Spirit Kapanen. Jason Zucker's still there. Jake Gunsel's going to be healthy. Brian Ross had a resurgent year last year, crazy year. Their defense is good, and then you have a bottom pairing of Mike Matheson and Cody Ceci. What the hell happened there? Nice. <laughs> what, who, who made nice. that a thing? Um, but, no, their top four is, like, really good. It's one of the better top four in the NHL, believe it or not. That second line of Marcus Pedersen and John Marino, two very young defensemen, both very good defensemen. Mm-hmm. Um, John Marino just got rewarded with that contract extension. Crystal Tang's still doing Crystal Tang things. It's crazy that he's still playing the level he is at this yeah. point in his career. Mm-hmm. And they got a hell of a coach behind the bench for him. So uh, I think the Penguins still sneak into a playoff spot. I don't yeah. think they're going to be good as they usually are, but I think they get do enough to get in there. I think Tristan Jari does enough. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Who do you have at four, right? I have the Capitals. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I like Washington overall. Um, they're going to be competitive, obviously. Um, I don't know. I just, I, looking at the rest of these teams and I think Boston kind of messed with it a little bit being in this. I just, I didn't feel comfortable putting the Capitals above certain other teams that I feel like are going to take more of a step forward than the Capitals. It's not necessarily a slight to the Capitals. They're a top team in the league. It's just when I was looking at some of the other teams, I'm like, 
can I see these teams taking a step forward or frustrating other teams? I, I just I felt like there was three other teams that were ahead of the Capitals. You're being There's, too it's, respectful of Philadelphia. Screw Philadelphia, Chris. <laughs> hey, I, you, you of all people know I can't stand Philly sports teams. I mean, it, it, regardless of the fact I'm a Giants fan, you knew how I felt about Sunday night watching that disgrace on TV. So, believe me, I don't enjoy giving the Flyers credit. But hey, listen, I, six I have and ten doesn't deserve the playoff, my friend. Ten and six does. But, you know, they don't make the playoffs at 10-6 yeah. nowadays. No, I agree. I mean, like, like I told you in that chat, I mean, you know, I'm, no, I'm I got less you. I'm upset the Giants miss than the actual integrity of the game. That's my main thing. But yeah, pulling around. All right, let's talk football. All right. Hey, I'll talk football all day if you want to talk football. <laughs> anyway. All right, how um, Miami do? Washington Capitals. <laughs> hey, listen, they went 10-6, and six, my friend. 10-6 and six don't make playoffs nowadays. Uh, you have the Washington Capitals at three. Four. Four. Yep, four. Okay, my four team was the Penguins, so we're moving on to three now. Go ahead, give us your three team. Uh, my three team is the Islanders. I think okay. their system with Barry Trotz is – it's one of those things where – like I was saying before, when Lindy Ruff said he wanted to roll four lines, you don't need the most skilled guys. You just need guys with a high hockey IQ or a high enough hockey IQ to run the system effectively. And I think that's what we've seen from the Islanders the past couple of years. They haven't necessarily had like superstars on the roster, but yet they're a top three team and they're, you know, competitive in the playoffs so that's why i have them sitting there at three again um i'm sure the barzel situation will get worked out yeah lose just kind of in a, in a tough situation where he's got to find the money to pay him you know so yeah um be on the lookout for one of their players catching like bird flu and having to go on the ltir but we'll see <laughs> anyway um okay i got the flyers at three uh, the i don't the flyers just they're one of the weirder teams in the NHL. I mean, it, it's just bizarre. They got talent, but it's not talent to play the way they have. And I don't think it's necessarily Elaine Vigneault either. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what the heck the Flyers do, but they're doing it. Uh, uh, the pair is a little lackluster for my taste. The retirement of Matt Niskanen is going to hurt a lot more than I think people are projecting it to. They mm-hmm. brought in Eric Gustafson, but I'm not a big Gustafson guy. Shane Goster is still there. They got a lot of defensemen that do the same thing. They don't have much that play defense like Niskanen did. Uh, Carter Hart's Carter Hart. He's going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. Their forward group's pretty strong. One of the better groups in the league. Claude Giroux, Sean Couture is one of the most underrated forwards in the whole league. Jacob Voracek still kicking around down there. We're going to get a good look at Joel Farabee. Maybe Nolan Patrick comes and contributes this year. But, yeah, I got the Flyers at three. Solid hockey team. So, moving to two now. I got the Caps. I'll talk about them real quick here um, since you already have them in their rankings. I like the Connor Sheary signing. That was a sneaky little signing there for their depth mm-hmm. forward group. Four groups really strong. Defensive group is solid. I was not a big fan of Justin Schultz signing. Uh, the Char signing is interesting. He could still play defense pretty well. Yeah. I, I think that'll help him out a bit. It comes down to goaltending for the Capitals. Um, Ilya Samsonov was great when he played. He's going to get the reins there now. Like you said earlier, goalies play different when they're the number one. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, for the capital sake, Samsonov keeps it up and plays like he's been. Yeah, Their he's backup a real deal. this year is projected to be Phoenix Copley. I think his first name's Phoenix. <laughs> Could be wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah. So Capitals comes down to goaltending. Still a really good team in front of the goalie, though. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a, it's unfortunate two. what happened to Lundqvist, you know. But yeah, that's that's a shame. I believe we talked about that on the podcast. We're wishing him all the best. So. Yeah. Number two, I had unfortunately the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. As painful as it is for me to say it, I think they are really well built. Um, I agree that the yeah, D4 well is probably the area you could you could say has the most concern. Um, I like you know Provorov and everything that they have there. I think Carter Hart could easily be considered as a Vezina nominee this year if he keeps just trending upwards like he has been. Um, it, for me, it's just hard to find a weak point in Philadelphia, especially with Vigneault there, what he did in one season turning it around. I mean, they, he knows what he's doing. He's been to some cup finals. He hasn't won, but he's been to some cup finals. So, Yeah, he. Uh, you, you just explained the Flyers perfectly. Um, they're well-built. That's what it is. They're a very well-built team, and they don't have any glaring weaknesses. Besides, I think, like, defensive defensemen. Yeah. They don't have that defensive defense when they can rely on shutdown yeah. guy. But they're a good all-around team. Got to give them credit there. Yeah, you can make an argument, you know, that there's some areas of their defensive core you would want to see addressed, but their defensive core is better than a lot of teams in this division. So Yeah, no doubt. Um, number one, it's funny you had the Bruins number one. Yeah. Do you know why I say that? I, I think I know why you were going to say I'm pretty sure this was the team you were alluding to when we started talking about this division. <laughs> I forget what I was alluding to. I don't remember alluding to anything. I probably did. I forget things quickly. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, Boston Bruins, for some reason, got you going in, in behind the scenes. You I wasn't said, a fan of them last year. Was yeah. that, was that was, okay? We're not going to go into depth, you know. We're, I was just going to say I'm a little surprised. Anyway, no, I, I, I mean, I still, I still believe they're going to regress. Their I defense. still think they are, yeah. you know, a little overrated. Um, that Rask. I just yeah. <laughs> their goaltending duo is arguably the best in the NHL with the Dallas Stars duo. Um, yeah. Yaroslav Halak and Tuka Rask will be but back again, for Halak, Someone great as a backup, but given the full reins, can't do well, it as a starter. Doesn't need to get the full reins. They got Tuka Rask. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but news came out. Tuka Rask. I, I don't know why they released this. I, I guess Rask was comfortable releasing it, and that's why they reported it. But the day before he had to report to the bubble, unfortunately, his daughter had to be taken via ambulance for some reason, and that's the reason why he opted out. Mm-hmm. So I hope all you Boston Bruins fans that were ripping him for opting out feel bad about yourselves because that was not good look there. I mean, regardless, yeah. you, you shouldn't rip a player for opting out, no matter the reason. Yeah. So, anyway, that what was up with that. Hope everything's good with that situation now for Hawk, or uh, Rask. He'll be back better than ever this year. They're like I said, their goalie group is great. Their decor is a little suspect. Yes, um, it is suspect. And I think their forward, forward group is a little suspect too. To be no, honest, their forward group is very good. I, I think I think it's suspect outside of like maybe the top two lines. Their forward group is one of. The in my opinion, I think one of the better. Anyway, we're talking about defensemen right now. So we agree decor, they're number one, right? Yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> so their decor, especially the bottom part, uh, Charlie McAvoy's great. Charlie McAvoy's one of the best defensemen in the league. He needs to be talked about more. But they did lose Tory Krug. They lost Chara. They replaced these guys with 
Zibral, don't even know his first name. He was a draftee when the Bruins had, like, I think his first name's Jakob. Anyway, they, he was a draft pick when the Bruins had those, like, three first-round picks a couple years back. Um, Connor Clifton and I think Lausanne is his last name. But those guys are going to be relied on a lot, and that's not great. Um, their forward group, though, I love their forward group. They have the best first line in the NHL, in my opinion. The uh, uh-huh. Marchand, uh, Pasternak. Is Bergeron on that line, too? Or did they split him up? Anyway, their first line's really good. Top six is the very perfection good. perfection line. That's what they call it, I think. Um, I, I like their bottom six. I really love the forward group. I don't know. The Bruins are going to be good. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I spoke of my main gripes with them. Um, I think the decor is going to take a step back this year. Um, you know, Chara was more of a leadership guy than, uh, necessarily a shutdown defenseman, you know, and that, and that just happens as players get older, you know, you trade out the skill for the hockey IQ and the veteran leadership. Um, so that presence will be gone. Tory Krug was solid for them. He's gone. Um, who knows if the guy's behind them are ready to take up more minutes and take on different, you know, matchups and stuff like that. And for me personally, I, I give Boston credit for the perfection line. I think they're okay with their top two, but I really, I could see their forward group not performing as highly as everyone is touting and expecting them to perform. I, I don't think they're as deep of a forward group. Yeah. My, my, reason for liking Bruins so much is their goaltending duo and I do like their forward group yeah I, um, I can't disagree with the goaltending duo yeah. I can't disagree with the goaltending duo I like Rask yeah. and like I said Halak he's he's a guy where I think he's a great backup you know definitely a great backup uh, I it's risky to put him in as a starter you know full on starter but uh, I couldn't disagree with that tandem it's solid yeah so yeah that's our uh, what do they call the division nowadays the east division no it's the east mass neutral division I forgot to talk about that Chris I'm sure that got you all fired up yeah um, anyway they just assigned some sponsors to divisions they're still called the east north west central divisions but they're like brought to you by Scotiabank, Mass Mutual, I forget what the others are. But yeah. Anyway, um, we're moving on to our last division, which is the West Division. The West Divisions, to put it simply, they're it's bad outside of the top three teams. Yeah. Um I think we're gonna have the same exact uh, you know what, the bottom tier teams will get a little funky. We might have it out of order just because of how unpredictable these bad teams are. Yeah, that's a great way <laughs> to put it. Um, I got the Los Angeles Kings last. Ah, I have Arizona last. Oh, okay. We do have them out of order. Um, uh, for the Kings, it's just issues all over the place. It's going to be all about youth this year. Born Foot, who had a solid tournament. Uh, Mikey Anderson, Elias Anderson, Samuel Fagamo, and Gabe Lardy, all young guys are going to lean on this year. Their goaltending situation is ugly. Jonathan Quick, who's your backup nowadays? Um, It's a guy that they tout pretty highly i forget his name okay i'll be doing some research while uh, i i know that they're potentially thinking about him being a guy for the future for them so um yeah the the coyotes are just in a a, they're not not a great situation um forward group is lacking um their only good bit is between the pipes you know um but who knows if that's going to last beyond this season and and whatnot but i think the coyotes just have too many needs to address and it's unfortunate because i really want to see arizona succeed i'm i'm i really 
I would love to see Arizona make a run in the playoffs and and be a relevant team. I think it's really needed. Um, but I, I just I don't see how they can really compete better than some of these other teams even the california teams which some of them i think had more of a setback last year than the fact they're really that bad so um all right so back to the kings real quick their goaltender that i think you're referencing his name is cal peterson yes that's that's who it is yep okay he is a 26 year old former third or fifth rounder back in 2013 by the buffalo sabers played at very good institution, the University of Notre Dame. Um, he has really good numbers. I can they're see why the Kings think that. Yeah, they're very uh, high on AHL save percentage above 910 every year besides one. Played in eight NHL games last year. Had a 922 save percentage. Played 11 NHL games the previous year and had a 924 save percentage. So he's great numbers. I mean, they debated yeah. trading quick last year to have him start. No one's going to take Quick's contract so. on. They would have to eat so much of that. Quick's not all that great nowadays. Drew Doughty's another guy that's not all that great. Did you see that? Another tangent we're about to go on. The Drew Doughty <laughs> thing that came out? I didn't, know. So he, he had an interview and he's all butthurt about people saying he's bad. Really? He, yeah, I mean, he is bad now. It's not good, Drew Dowdy. Sorry, buddy. Hope you don't listen to this. Anyway, yeah, he got all bent out of shape because uh, people, he kept on seeing TSN articles about how he's regressing and stuff, and he didn't like that or something. Which I don't blame him for not liking, but, I mean, bottom line is he is regressing pretty deeply. Yeah. I mean, anyway. I, I, I take him on my team. But I would still not. Drew Doughty, you know, maybe he, he turns around, gets a good offseason. Nope. You know, we already have one washed up elite <laughs> defenseman. <laughs> the Devils already have one. Yeah. I would I would still prefer PK Subban <laughs> over Drew Doughty, and it's not even close in my opinion. Drew Doughty has just been brutal these past couple of years. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Los Angeles Kings, number eight in the vis- this division. You have the Arizona eight. Yep. Moving to seven now. I have the Ducks at seven. I'm guessing you have the Kings? I have Anaheim. Okay, wow. Big, yes. big Kings guy this year. Yes. Anaheim <laughs> Ducks should be better than last year, but it's not that hard to be better than they were last year. Actually, maybe having them at seven shows they're not going to be better than last year. I mean, Gibson, does he have a comeback season? Yeah, he does. It. He's the beast. You know? <laughs> anyway. I forgot. Um, I forgot. This is, this is the biggest John Gibson fan for those what? of you listeners who don't know. <laughs> you want, I'm making an adjustment here. The Arizona Coyotes are number seven on my list. Ooh. I originally had them at six just because Antti Ranta and uh, Kemper is probably one of the best goaltender dudes in the league, but they could only do so much with what's in front of them. Um, but, yeah, I'll put the, the Yotes at seven. Um, you have the Ducks at seven. Right. Yes. Yeah. Go I have, I have the Ducks seven. Um, I, so I I do think John Gibson had a down year last year. I think he's going to bounce back this year. He's, he's a solid goaltender. We've talked about this, and in some future Olympics, he's going to be one of the goalies for Team USA. Um, Corey Schneider I, is going to be a goalie and starter <laughs> for Team USA. <laughs> Um, that's, that is a separate topic. No, um, I, I just, I think that Anaheim doesn't have a horrible forward group. It could certainly be better. Um, be. maybe their decor turns it around. I still see them struggling in the West just because of the teams they have to play against. Um, but you know, Gibson's one of those guys where he's like price, you know, he, he could steal you games that maybe you shouldn't win. Um, when he's on his game last year was just a really down year for him and, and the ducks in general. Um, I mean, yeah. they still got Getzloff out there. They still got Rico. Um, 
you know, and Cam Fowler's out there. I mean, I know he's kind of regressing a little bit too, but maybe he turns it around. So, yeah. So the Anaheim Ducks, uh, I moved them. Well, kind of. Oh, Troy Terry. I got to mention my boy Troy Terry. I'm a, I'm a big. They got a, Troy lot, Terry. a lot of young forwards there. Sam Steele's another guy. Um. Anyway, I will transition now. I got the Yotes seven. Kings eight and I have Ducks six. Uh, should be better than last year, which is not too hard. Forward groups the issue here. Got a young, a lot of young guys. Their decor is not bad though. They signed Kevin Shattenkirk, which people forget about. That's uh-huh. that. You got Cam Fowler. Um, darn it, Josh Manson. Yeah, Cam Fowler, Josh Manson. Um, I'm missing these other guys, but their decor is pretty solid. John Gibson's a beast, big John Gibson guy. Um, so yeah, Anaheim Ducks got him seven. Who you got seven? Kings. No seven. I had Anaheim. Or I'm sorry, six. Six. Anaheim I do have six. the Kings. Okay. I'm, I'm a little bit of a believer in the Kings this year. Yeah, I, I think they so. can take a step forward. I'm assuming Byfield will play for them this year. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that prospect pool there is it's it's sort of becoming time for us to start seeing them. I wouldn't be surprised if they take a little bit of a step forward this year. I'm not going to say they make the playoffs or they're a contender for the playoffs or anything like that. But I, I think we see them take a step forward from not being one of the worst teams in the league. OK. All right. Um, no, I mean, like like we both said before we started this division, it's a mess at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I think the top four are very, very clear, but the rest are kind of messy. Uh, who knows? We'll see, though. Uh, what are we at? Five now? Uh, yes, we are up to five. I got the San Jose Sharks. That's not at five. Yes, San Jose. Okay. I'm in agreement. Top six is terrific. Look, they, they addressed the goaltending crisis this offseason. Okay? <laughs> they have the worst goal. No, they don't. I've said, they, I've said this three times now. They have one of the worst goaltending duos with Devin Dubnik and Martin Jones. Think at it, bright side, Shark fans. Both have been okay goaltenders at one point in their career. Maybe maybe they turn around. They got two of them. Maybe one does. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, their top six is terrific forward group. Their depth forwards is an issue. The decor outside the trio of Carl, the very expensive trio of Carlson, yes. Burns, and Vlasic is yep. suspect. Um, hey, maybe they should have never traded Marco Mueller. Oh, man. Dig anyway. back. <laughs> um, yeah, Sharks, we'll see. I got them at five. I don't think they have a chance yeah. to play off, but weird things happen. I think they're a team that underperformed last year. I'm not saying they would have been a top team in their division last year, but I don't think they should have been as bad last year as they were. A lot of injuries last year. Yeah. So, All right. We're at our top four in this division, which I think me and you both agree on. The order might – no, you know what? I think we're going to have the same order, too. Yeah, I think we might have the same order. one, Vegas two, Blues three, and Minnesota four. Close. I had Minnesota four, St. Louis three, Colorado two, Vegas one. Ooh, all right. That's that's funny because – Usually, like, it's the opposite between me and you. I'm always the biggest Vegas guy, and you're the big ass guy. But yeah. anyway, um, I mean, Minnesota, I don't know if they're a playoff team in a typical year, but given the way this yep, the way the divisions are structured, they, they got to be or else something bad happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, their top four D group is arguably the best in the NHL. Top four, guys. Their D group as a whole is terrific. Their forward group is fine. It's not great, but it doesn't need to be because of how good their defense is. Good uh, is well, their they issues have are goaltenders. Uh, I doubt it. Could be wrong though. Um, their issue is definitely uh, goaltenders. Cam Talbot and Alex Daylock. Hoping Cam Talbot is what Cam Talbot's been, and that free agent signing works out. Daylock's <laughs> been he's he's been fine in the past, right? 
Yeah, he finished out the season for Minnesota. He was the guy they leaned on for that stretch run trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah, so yeah, for the Wild, for me, it just comes to their goaltending. Um, they're, like I said, forward groups are okay. I don't know if they're going to have issues generating goals. Maybe not because how bad the the uh, group is but or the division, but who knows? Anything you want to add here for Minnesota? No, I mean, uh, State of Hockey is going to be happy with what we're saying and obviously this division setup. Um, I think I think Bill Guerin's doing a great job out there uh, since he's taken over. He's making some smart moves. Um, yeah, there's really not much to say. I mean, th- their decor is what it is. Uh, it's not too bad, you know. So... Yeah. So that is the Minnesota Wild. We both have the St. Louis Blues next. Go ahead, Chris. You'd like so, to talk about the Blues. St. Louis lost Alex Petrangelo. Um, you make up for it by getting Tory Krug. It's not a not a bad consolation prize. Um, and good on good on St. Louis. You know, um, I know Petrangelo. You know, the whole story was he was kind of blindsided by the Blues signing Krug, and it, it bugged him. But it's like you know, at the same time. Blues are feeling the same way because they're trying to tell you they want to keep you and you won't give any indication of what you're trying to do. So they're not going to get left out in the cold. They got to make a decision. So I think the Blues will continue to be that team that try and pound you and wear you down. Um, I I expect Jordan Bennington to have a bounce back season. Uh, He had a good regular season last year, but it just fell apart in the playoffs for some reason. I don't know if it was the the layoff in between. Um, Who knows what it was, but I expect him to bounce back as well. Yeah, um, Blues are going to be solid again. Like you said, the Krug replacing or replacing Petrangelo, Krug's a pretty good. I mean, it's definitely you lose some there, but Krug's a solid defenseman. Uh, their backup goaltending might be an issue. Billy Huso is scheduled to be the backup. He's only okay in the minor, so I mean, Bennington's going to play a ton this year, and of course, St. Louis forwards group's pretty strong. So. All right, we got Colorado and Vegas left. Um, I put Colorado one just because I'm such a fan of their defensive core and their top six forwards are crazy. Um, I'm, I'm assuming the reason you put Vegas ahead of Colorado is because goaltending. Uh, a little bit, yeah, goaltending, and I just I like overall their their offense, their how deep it is. So okay. Um, yeah, so Grubeyer and Frank Quaz is going to be their goaltenders for this year. Grubeyer had – they both had injury issues last year, correct? Yeah, Grubauer, um, Grubauer had a couple times where he got hurt. I had him in fantasy. It was pretty frustrating. And then Frank Kuz <laughs> took over, looked pretty good. He had Devils. some injury issues. So, yeah. Yeah, so those two are going to be leading there. Um, of course, the Vegas netminder is Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury as of right now. Um, Nate Schmidt losing him bomber but I mean mm. you got Alex Petrangelo <laughs> uh, yeah their forwards are great they're going to be a cup contender right with Colorado so anything else you want to add here for the West no I think it's it's pretty I think we've pretty much covered everything alrighty so, so to summarize the West um, Colorado 1 for me Vegas 2 St. Louis 3 Minnesota 4 San Jose 5 number 6 the Ducks number 7 the Yotes and number 8 the Kings I had Vegas 1, Avs 2, Blues 3, Wild 4, Sharks 5, Kings 6, Ducks 7, Yotes 8. All right, so before we end this segment, give me like a conference power rankings. I think we both agree the East is number one. Yes. Oh, for sure. Uh, Yeah, the East is um, the, the toughest. We both agree the West is last. 
Yes. Yep. Yep. I agree. And it between the like Canadian uh, Canadian North Division and the Central Division, the middle, I put the Central slightly ahead of the Canadian. I agree. Division. Yep. So, yeah, that's our power rankings. A very large gap between one and two, and a very large gap between uh, three and four. Two and three are like the same, but I feel like three and four is kind of far, and one and two is definitely far. So. All right, we're to our postseason prediction. All right, so we'll start with the North Division. Um, four teams. My four teams are Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Edmonton and Vancouver are also two teams I think have a chance here, but I'm going to go with the four I said. Yeah, I got Toronto, uh, Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Okay, so we're very different in the North Division, which makes sense because I think it's by far the most competitive division. The East Division, I'm pretty set on my four teams, Boston, Washington, Philly, and Pittsburgh. Those are my four. I know you're four teams different than mine, right? Yeah, I got Boston, Philly, the Islanders, and Caps. So just one team difference. Uh, Central, I got Tampa Bay, Carolina, Dallas, and Nashville. Once again, I believe we just differ on the last team. Yep, Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus. Okay, and then the West, um, we both agree here. This one's a pretty easy one, you would think. Um, Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, and Minnesota. Yep, same, but I got Vegas and the Avs flipped. So. Okay, so out of those teams we just picked, we're going to pick one from each division to be the lone representatives in the semifinals of the Stanley Cup type deal, Stanley Cup playoffs. So the North, I got Toronto. Who do you have out of your four Toronto? Uh, four I agree, teams? Toronto. Okay, the East, the East is tough, man. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of like throwing stuff and hoping it sticks. I have, I have Boston. Don't say it. <laughs> it's a good pick. It's a good pick. I think I know where you're going with it. Uh, I'm. I hate it, but I'm leaning Flyers. Yeah, it's a good I pick. Hate it. I mean, <laughs> they, I, well, I wanted to go proven goaltending, and the only teams that have that in, in this division. In terms of like two solid or not two solid options, but like out of the four teams are Boston and uh, Flyers. I just yeah. want Boston because I can't take myself to commit such a crime. But um, Central Division, I got upset. I got my Her- Carolina Hurricanes. Oh my goodness, Hurricanes. Well, I won't do Tampa like that. I pick Tampa. <laughs> yeah. Um, West, I got. I, I just had to do. It. I got Colorado over the Vegas. Finally, I, gonna... I, I could see it. I could see Dang it. Colorado. I, I, I'll say Colorado. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So disappointed from last season. Yeah. I kind of. So the way this is going to be reseeded, <clears throat> basically one through four, based on regular season standings. So. I just predicted I got a Colorado Carolina round one matchup and a Toronto Boston round one or semifinal matchup. So I got Toronto beating Boston going to the Stanley Cup and I got uh, Colorado beating Carolina. So I got a Colorado Toronto mm. Stanley Cup. Who do you have? That's why you have Carolina. You don't have Carolina. You I, think, have Tampa. I, think, I think you'd see Tampa in my scenario. You'd see Tampa and Toronto and then Philly versus Colorado, probably in my eyes, okay. which means. I'd pick Tampa over Toronto, and um, I'd, I'd pick the Avs over the Flyers. Yeah, this this is this it's is a wacky so system. You, yeah, it is. So you have a Stanley Cup of Colorado and who? I'm sorry. Uh, Colorado and Tampa. Okay, there, that'd be a good one. Um, yeah, I got Colorado. You're 2021 Stanley Cup champions. Yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it okay. being Colorado. I, I agree right. there. Yeah, sorry for a very confusing. It's just it's wacky. It is. It is wacky. I remember and trying to do my NHL notes. I had like I had something in here being like I, I need to ask how they do this because I was like trying to pick like my playoffs thing and I'm like okay East West Central I'm like wait where does the North fall in I'm like 
So it's just weird. Yeah, it is. The NHL being the NHL. So. All right, yeah, so that's our, like, league-wide playoff predictions. Now we're going to jump in, get a little degenerate. Chris, you, don't, you didn't pick any. You're not a gambler, so I, I didn't foresee you picking any of your favorite bets, right? I'll, you'll be more yeah. involved here when we do the over-under point totals. Yeah. But anyway, so division winner bets, I, I find some value on the Hurricanes at plus 350. I know it's hard to see them. I, I don't even have them upset in – Tampa and winning that division, but 350 is pretty good value. Um, also, the Bruins are at plus 250. I think that's pretty good value there. Um, to make the playoffs, Minnesota's sitting at 106, which I thought was kind of funky. Um, yeah, I found that real funky. I, I don't know who they think would get in the playoffs besides Minnesota in that West division. So 106, yes, for Minnesota is very good. Minus 106 is very good. And I have Edmonton, no, at plus 170. I think that's pretty good value there. If you guys aren't gamblers and not generates, which is a good thing, very good thing. Um, anyway, so how this works, if you're plus 170, you bet 100 bucks and you get 170 in return. Being minus 106, you bet 106 to win 100. So that's how that works. Um, Calder, Tim Stutzel is plus 800 odds for Calder. So you put 10 bucks on Tim Stutzel in Calder right now, and he wins it, you get $80 in return, plus your 10 back. So I think that's pretty darn good value. Um, Vesna, Connor Halbuck's plus 800 too for the most recent winner. I think that's pretty darn good odds there. Um, cup, I got a couple cup value picks for you. Vegas is plus 1,000. So if you put $10 on Vegas, you would win 100 bucks if they win the cup. Toronto's plus 1,100. So you'd win 110 bucks if you put 10 bucks down. Just a couple good value picks there. So um, we're moving to point totals now, Chris. You're getting involved now, my friend. All right. Uh, I picked what I did here. I just picked three teams from each division, snagged their over/under point totals. All these odds are courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook. So if you want to find these odds, just go to DraftKings. Um, North Division, Winnipeg, 60 and a half points. Over or under that. 60-and-a-half, 58-game season. Yes. I'll say over. Yeah, I'm over too, my friend. Um, Edmonton's all the way at 66-and-a-half points. Mm. I'm going to say under. Man, we're on the same book here. Or same, <laughs> same, uh, same mindset. Vancouver's at 60 and a half points, like the Winnipeg Jets. 60 I, I and a half? You're, yeah, I know you're going to be an over. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an over yeah. on that. I'm, an I'm under. a believer in Vancouver. Yeah, I know you are. I'm not. I'm an under. <laughs> <laughs> Central Division. We got the Detroit Red Wings are the lowest over-under point total. I think they rival the Ottawa Senators. They're at 42 and a half points. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bold and say over. Give them a shot. Keep in mind. Keep in mind, <laughs> last year at Detroit in the 80, how many games did they play last year? 70 games. In a 70-game season, they only registered 36 points. So I'm going under. National Predators are at 63 and a half points. Over under. Mm, I'm going to say under. I got over there because I got the Preds in the uh, playoffs. Blue Jackets are one point less than that. They're at 62 and a half. Over under. Over. I got under. Kind of makes sense with our picks, huh? Yeah. Um, East Division, Dean, our very own New Jersey Devils are at 54 and a half points. All right, come on. Over. I am going the under. <laughs> no, Have just some faith. Have no, some if faith. You, if you think about it, the way that division is so stacked, 
I, these I agree. Yeah. Are gonna be stewed. Like, I agree. The Devils are a lot better of a team than half the teams in the West. Uh-huh. But those teams are going to have more points than the Devils. You think of it, it benefits the Devils a ton when it comes to drafting. That's going to be a mess. Yep. These teams in the East, like the bottom teams in the East, are going to have a top three, top five pick. No matter what. <laughs> hey, I mean... Get a little lottery luck, you know what I'm saying? Mm, lottery <laughs> luck. That's how like that's how crazy it is. Like you could pencil in the Detroit Red Wings <sighs> and the Ottawa Senators at one and two. Like you could pencil them in. Yeah. It's kind of, it's crazy how it's set up this year. Anyway, um, yeah, I got the under, unfortunately, just the way the division is. Um the Rangers are at sixty one and a half points over under. Under, come on. Yeah, me too, my friend. Under there. I think that would be the safest over-under bet you can make out of all the ones we're going to talk about. Anyway, we're moving to the West now. we got the Yotes at 52 and a half. Hmm. I'm going to say... I'm going to say under. I'm going to say over, even though I'm not that high on them. Mm-hmm. I think that division's a mess, and I think a lot of teams are going to put up weird point totals. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, the Wilder at 59 and a half. Over. Okay. Yeah, I'm having to think because I'm like, it's not a full season. So I'm like, yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's definitely hard. Um, and then the Sharks are at 51 and a half, which is less than the Yotes, by the way. I would definitely say over on Sharks. Yeah, I'm over all three of these because, like I said, it just comes down. I, I have no idea how the heck this division is going to play out. There's a lot of bad teams going to be beating up on each other. So. All right, Chris, that is the end of our mega episode we are now what are we like almost two hours of sitting here talking into our mics basically yeah so we love you guys that's why we're doing it (laughs) anyway um yeah we're at two hours now uh we're gonna split this episode like you said as you you'll be listening to this episode uh this episode which is episode 32 after episode 31 even though i record them at the same time um, we're very excited for hockey to be back with both of our football seasons ending on a poor note, sour yes. note. We are happy for hockey. Don't know how much joy it will bring us, but, I mean, it's a nice change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, very happy. Chris, Any anything you want to add here before we close or on out? Let's go Devils, baby. Let's go yes, Devils. Sir. Let's go Devils. Everyone stay safe out there. Um, very interesting before we, we close, close out. So, uh, sorry, I'm Pulled the trigger too uh, early there. Oh, you're good. Um, we are planning on how to handle once the season starts up. We might go to two times a week with shorter episodes. It's still in the works, so be on the lookout there. We'll let you yes. guys know. We'll keep you in the loop. If you have any feedback on what you want to see, don't be afraid to drop it. Either DM us on Twitter. Let us know on Facebook in the comments. Do whatever you got to do to hear your opinion heard. We'd love to hear from you. But anyway... Chris, I'm going to say it. Go Devils. Let's go Devils, baby. Yeah, there you go. Let's go Devils. Everyone stay safe out there. We will talk to you in the near future.